What is up, Steelers Nation? Welcome to another sub episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm your host for this week, Stephen Thompson, doing my best Noah Strack by an impression while he is on vacation <laughs> in Jamaica. I'm very lucky to have my good friend Chris Carter of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette and Locked On Steelers. Chris, how you doing? What's up, Steven? Thank you oh, so man. much for this with me. I'm I'm really excited to to get a chance to record with you. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's awesome being here on the All Steelers Talk Network again. Uh, happy to have you guys in the show as well over Locked On Steelers and uh, you and I. We've been together on the on the on the beats here in Pittsburgh for a bit, so let's get into it. That's right. That's right. Uh, Chris and I have uh, done some pit stuff together. We've uh, mm-hmm. we've done some Steelers together too. So this should be a good episode. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we got Anthony Miller maybe on his way out of Pittsburgh. Uh, a new signing, a new linebacker, possibly on the way, and then. We'll talk a little bit about these rookies, the, this impressive rookie class that the Steelers have, and which ones will really make an impact this coming season, uh, or who has a chance to. So we'll start with Anthony Miller, uh, a little bit of a, I think, not necessarily coming out of left field, but yesterday he posts a, a message on Twitter kind of saying goodbye or, or thank you to Pittsburgh for his time. It seems like he could possibly be on his way out. We're just kind of waiting for an official announcement from the team. Yeah, I think that's the thing here is that it's not official, but, you know, he probably got some, a word from the team that this that something was coming down the line. Uh, Anthony Miller has kind of been like a good soldier for the Steelers, you know, a guy who, you know, he was, a t- I mean, in training camp, he was really impressive. And it was one of those things that, like, people were baffled by if you didn't go to training camp. Like, why are people talking about this guy? But, like, he he was getting open. He was making solid catches. He was really a, a, connect, a connecting point for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and someone that was like, man, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he could have been a solid slot option for the Steelers. Uh, and, and not like a guy who's going to, um, you know, tear up the field and change the entire offense, but be maybe a reliable player. Kind of like how, like, if people remember Eli Rogers was for Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. you know, not a big name, not really fast, not really tall, you know, but was really tough in the right moments. And that's what Anthony Miller was during the training camp practices that everyone was talking about him with. But He's in a different position now as the Steelers roster is in a different position. Now you think about the receivers on the team, you know, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens are your number one and number two, but they went and got Allen Robinson, which changes up a lot of the trajectory because he is your tough slot receiver. So that role is kind of filled now. Then you have Calvin Austin, who didn't play last year also because he was hurt, but now he's healthy and ready to go. He's kind of like your second slot option, as well as just your speedster on the team. And then you think of all the other guys they still have on the roster. Miles Boykin, who can be good for special teams. Gunnar Olszewski, who they want to be good for special teams. Uh, Jordan Bird, who they added, who's a speedster that can be on special teams. Hakeem Butler, who's the big, tall, fast guy that everyone hopes that he can just figure out how to make his hands consistent. And Anthony Miller in that pecking order, which he may still be dealing with an injury, that's tough to to overcome. And I think it's just a it was a, a situation where he saw it was in front of him. The Steelers were just like, hey, man, just being honest about the situation. And he just needs to find another place where maybe it's not as crowded in that receiver room with uh, the people that he's going to compete with. Right. I was going to say, it seems like it's more has more to do with where the Steelers are at than than with where Miller is at. I guess his injury was a was a problem, but. Honestly, even if he was healthy, it's hard to see a a place where he could kind of fit in with this team, just given how crowded this receivers room is. So to that end, did this move kind of or does this kind of surprise you at all? Or could you kind of see it coming in the same way that that the Steelers maybe did? You know, it's one of the things where, you know, surprise, surprise isn't the word. 
you know, it wasn't something that I like predicted to happen right now because yeah. you never know. One thing I've learned, man, especially with guys that aren't draft picks and, and you know, at least fourth round draft picks, you know, if a guy gets hurt, their career, their, you know, the NFL is such a quick business where if you don't, right. if a team does not have an investment in you that is beyond this year, the, you know, the slightest injury could derail your stat your status with the team because teams are looking to win teams are looking to make big make moves and if you're not going to be available and they even gave again they, they kept anthony miller on the roster all from last year they were hoping right. that things would work out and now we're we're seeing this seemingly this seeming you know tweet that's going to signal that he's going to be gone soon um you know i think it's, it's one of those things where they just probably didn't add up so it didn't it, 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 I wouldn't say like it wasn't something that I predicted, but it's also something that doesn't shock me to see happen. It's just it's part of the NFL. If you're not, you know, one of those top draft picks, if you're not a highly signed free agent, you know, your 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 shelf life is very short if you're injured. And I think, you know, Anthony Miller, that shelf life was used up through last season. And if he's still dealing with an injury now, we don't know that he is for sure. because They don't say that during, uh, uh you know, mini camp and stuff like that. But I, it wouldn't. Sh- what wouldn't shock me is if he is hurt right now, and they're just like, we can't go through yeah. this again. We need another camp body, right? Because he's also not a young man. I mean, he's only. I mean, you know, in in NFL terms, I think he's going to turn twenty nine uh, during the season. I think in October. You know, he's kind of on the back end of back half of his kind of shelf life in his career. This is, and it was a, a season ending injury, I believe. To what was the injury? Yeah. To? I can't remember. Uh, I his, forget what the injury was. I think it might, might have been a knee injury, but yeah, it was, it was a lower it, body. It was it was serious though. It was not. Um, and for a guy who I think relies on his, his speed and his quickness a little bit, that's that's tough. That's tough to come back from, especially as you as you get up there. Yeah, and, and like you said, like he's, he's a smaller guy. He, he came in the league around twenty eighteen, and when he did, he was twenty four years old. So he, he was yeah. he came in the league at pretty much like the the oldest age you could come in. So um, you know, so I, I look at that and I say like, yeah. It, it's like you said that when you're when you're about to turn 29 and you've been hurt. Uh, I mean, if you look at his his last season uh, where he actually played in 2021, he played some games with the Texans, played for the Steelers for a little bit. He only played three games that season, so it's right. been since 2020, the COVID year, that he played a uh, he played a full season of games. So it's just uh, he's been trying to make a comeback, and it just hasn't worked out here in Pittsburgh. Not a bad thing on any Anthony Miller or the Steelers, just. One of the many is that does happens uh, that do happen in the in the NFL, right, right. And so I kind of want to go move to where the Steelers go next from here. You know, uh, you alluded to it a little bit, but there's a crowded receiver room. Who really benefits, I guess, or who is kind of next in line to step up for this team with with Anthony Miller expected to not be in the picture. Well, you know, I, I know there's there was the whole hoopla about the special teams rules change and Gunnar Olszewski doesn't like it and Danny Smith said what he said. Um, but I, I think that, you know, part of what the Steelers might be looking for is another game changer type of player uh, on special teams or and in the receiving game, a guy who can be a fifth guy uh, in the receiver depth chart, uh, maybe a sixth guy. It depends on how they feel about that room. Um, but uh, they, they, I think it could be, you know, you look at the, the top four guys are already set, you know, right. Johnson, Pickens, Robinson, Austin. Those guys are making it. Don't 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 ask questions about them. So then it comes down to the, the next several guys, Gunnar Olszewski, Miles Boykin, Hakeem Butler, Jordan Bird, guys like guys like that. And I look at them and I, I think that, man, 
Olszewski is at least he knows your offense and he brings you that, but he's not, you know, oh, he's not explosive. He's and he, you know, he fumbled at a key point last year. Right. Um, and he, he never really changed much in the return game. Jordan Bird interests me because he's fast, he's slippery, and he kind of gives you another Calvin Austin type of player um that that you that you could spice up your offense with um and that's where i look at there now hakeem butler turns a lot of heads and uh because of his size his speed and and like he's a guy who back when in 2019 when he was in the draft class i was doing shows for locked on steelers saying like man if the steelers could sneak him in like the fourth round that would be sneaky and then he was picked in like the fifth round and it didn't stick around anywhere why because he was not consistent his hands were inconsistent he didn't block consistently he couldn't do special teams and he's needed to get sharper at those little things and i'm not so sure that he's i think he's gotten sharper but i'm not so sure that he's gotten sharp enough to justify uh him being in that spot there so it's gonna that's gonna be a, a training camp battle that happens there. And I wouldn't be shocked if the winner of that is, is truly the person who also makes them as much of a special teams advantage or a special teams contributor as possible. Because one thing that I think that's understated about the Steelers upcoming roster situation is they lost a lot of special teamers. You think about oh, yeah. guys like Robert Spillane and different guys who just aren't on the team anymore. There's a lot of guys that played special teams that were core special teamers for Danny Smith who aren't there. And so if you can be one of these new guys and you find a way to contribute on special teams, you're going to find a roster spot. So right. uh Miles Boykin is a guy who Yeah, I was going to say him. Yeah, that's a that's one we hadn't mentioned, but he's a big. He, like he's one that I think really has an upper hand just based off of his special teams ability. Mm-hmm. He he can play gunner on the outside on punt teams. He can help you on on, on kickoff returns, and, and I think he knows it. Like that's one thing that Miles Boykin, you know, he was a guy that was drafted. He was Chase Claypool's teammate in, at Notre Dame, and they had almost the same exact build. Like when you looked at their you look at their 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 uh, draft card comparison, same height, same weight, and, you know, and ran very mm-hmm. similar. It was just wild how how they were. It's just that Chase Claypool had a few more highlight plays, uh, and then Miles Boykin didn't catch on in Baltimore, so now he's kind of up. But he, I think, he gets the drill. So if I was to predict who would make the last receiver spot, if, if they were just to do five, I would say Miles Boykin would be that guy with maybe Jordan Bird fitting in there, just because I think that both of those guys will find ways to contribute on special teams. Right. And I think they both bring something unique. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Boykin is, I think, pretty clearly the most proven special teamer, but Bird also brings kind of a different body type, especially the uh, return, the kick return ability. That seems like an open question now. Um, yeah. And, and Butler just seems... Not redundant, I guess, but, you know, do they need another, you know, is he going to contribute on offense to really separate himself? And I feel like that's kind of his only path, but mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. It'll be really interesting. That'll be one of the biggest things I think that that comes out of training camp. Or one of the biggest things everyone will be watching is that that fight for that last receiver spot. Moving on to, you know, a uh, a potential exit from a potential exit to a potential entry. Uh, a report from Colin Dunlap of 93.7 The Fan yesterday said that the Steelers are expected to sign uh, former West Virginia linebacker. I believe he also played for the Bears and, and one other team, uh, but Nick the Raiders. Raiders. Raiders, that's mm-hmm. right. But he had really good years for the Raiders. Um, that was probably his best. Uh, but anyway, Nick Kwiatkowski, inside linebacker, like I said, pretty productive for the Raiders. Uh, kind of tailed off over the past couple seasons, didn't play as much. What do you make of this, uh, you know, expected move? When do you think it'll happen? And and what do you think Nick can can bring to this team? Kwiatkowski, uh, when I look at his his resume, six two, you know, two, two, a little bit stockier, like two in the two forty range. I, I think he's more so another backup option 
that comes here. Like his main competition will be Mark Robinson. I think that that yeah. is where he he fits into this lineup. He is not a starter. He's a guy that's going to come in and maybe help a little bit, you know, and, and give them some buffer after a Landon Robertson, Cole Holcomb. Um, and I think that that's good. That's a solid add there because I think inside linebacker is one of their uh, one of the positions they needed to address the most. But I also feel like this doesn't solve their inside linebacker problem. This is still a group that doesn't have a true cover linebacker among them. And cover linebackers are not easy to find. You know, it's just, it's just, it's not as much of a, you know, either you're a big safety or a small linebacker. And it's the, it's the tough in between there because when you're on the field, there's very few guys like Roquan Smith who you can say like, oh yeah, he can stuff the run and he can cover. That's yeah. a very unique skill set in the NFL and why guys that can do both get paid very well. Because if you're a run stuffer who can't cover, teams as I say, we're throwing at that guy. If you're a coverage guy who can't stuff the run, we're running at that guy. And if you're a guy who can do both, then defense or offenses is like, Okay, we need to avoid that guy. And that's where I think the Steelers need to find a guy there. But they have two guys that are the run stuffers. And I think that Kwiatkowski, just looking briefly over him, I'm not going to profess like I've studied this guy's tape inside and out. But I get the impression just from the little things that I've seen, he's more of the run stuffer type. And so um, they still need a cover guy. And that's where people come in and you don't need a, and none of these guys are premier coverage guys. They're not like the best coverage linebackers in the world or anything, but guys like Deion Jones, guys like Isaiah Simmons, guys like Quan Alexander, they more fit that profile than a Kwiatkowski. And again, Kwiatkowski, you know, fine player, also a local guy from Bethel Park. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's a there's a really good connection there for the Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh area. And a guy was a fourth round pick, a former fourth round pick back in like 2016. So like, this is a guy who I think fits that profile as another backup guy, gives you some buffer so that if Mark Robinson becomes a liability for you this year, then you at least have another app option as far as a backup linebacker, along with Tanner Muse fitting into that. But they still need, in my opinion, uh, an inside linebacker who can be starting caliber and help them more in coverage, unless they just want to go with Keanu Neal in yeah. that role out of the safety position. And But I, I think they, they, they should be seeking at least one more Real, uh, real body. I think Kwiatkowski is more of a camp body at this point. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I feel like we've heard a lot about Keanu Neal, not just playing safety, but coming down into the box. You know, playing a little bit of that hybrid role. Is that actually a feasible option, or is that more of a, a break glass in case of emergency thing in your eyes? Sorry, I lost you for a second. There. What was the question? Oh, yeah, just asking about Keanu Neal. You know, what what kind of role do you actually do? You envision him as being oh. able to to play that kind of coverage linebacker spot? Because we've heard a lot about him kind of working more as a hybrid than than just a true safety. Yeah, I think that he's still going to be more of a safety. I, at least the way that I see him working for the Steelers is being more of a safety role for them and, and helping on like dime backer situations, but not necessarily being a, a, a linebacker on the field who covers a whole bunch. I think that in special situations, he'll come out there and he'll do that. And he'll line up maybe in the box more because Keanu Neal can still hit. He can still play the run. He can still be physical. But – you know, something that we talked about with uh, Grady Brown and uh, about the safety position and what they're what they're going to be able to do. And he talked about how Keanu Neal's a bigger body and they need a bigger body to help with covering tight ends. And if you're covering tight ends, you're not going to be able to do those drop zones as much in the middle part of the field where the inside linebackers normally do their their kind of zone coverage. So, again, that's just where I think that 
uh, where he fits in there is is doing maybe some specific roles that, that are closer to the line of scrimmage, but not necessarily like the the drop into the zone or cover the running back coming out of the back backfield type type of role, which is why I think they still need to go get somebody who can play that role. Is there any name you have in mind for that for that final linebacker spot, or is it just a little bit of a um, question? So, so free agents, uh, two free agents that pop out of me. They they brought in Quan Alexander. Uh, you know, that they've at least done that. And it's very reasonable that the Steelers just aren't making a move until they absolutely have to. So they may come back to that at some point. But another guy is Deion Jones, the guy who played for the Browns last year. And both of those guys are decent cover linebackers. They're not going to be all world. They're not going to be, you know, Ryan Shazier and, and covering, you know, from sideline to sideline. But they're going to be better than what you have right now. Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb can help in that department. But I compare more those guys more to like, a little bit better than John Bostic, if people remember him, because John Bostic was a guy who people forget when Ryan Shazier went down in 2017, the Steelers were depleted at linebacker. You know, Vince Williams was still around, but like they needed another guy who could start next to him. They tried Sean Spence. That didn't work. So they signed John Bostic. And for the first six to seven games, John Bostic was doing well. He was stuffing the run. He was fitting in. It was fit. They were figuring out. And then teams were like, wait a second. This guy can't cover. And so they were just, as soon as the Steelers go into zone, you throw right at him. And if you remember the Chargers game that year, Keenan Allen went ballistic on the Steelers yeah. uh, because they were still using zone coverages. And when you run zone, the people always ask, why do the Steelers use linebackers to cover wide receivers? It's because it's zone defense sometimes when you're covering, a, when you're using a zone defense, if a wide receiver runs into the zone of a linebacker, there's nothing you can do. The Steelers do it to opponents, the opponents do it to the Steelers. It happens across the NFL. It is a natural part of the game unless you want to run man-to-man all the time. And if you don't have man-to-man guys, that is stupid so um point being about how the the linebacker situation worked then john bostic eventually got exposed and his role i mean he was a leading i remember this when when the pro bowl voting began in 2018 and like mid-season he was the leading vote getter at linebacker that's how crazy now granted Steelers fans are just nuts in general so right. understandably so like Steelers fans are like hey this guy's kicking butt let's go right but that's our guy that's a yeah we're gonna put we're gonna send him to the pro bowl ourselves if no one else exactly will. so that's what was happening with john bostic and then eventually you know teams exposed me like he can't cover and then his role was diminished with the Steelers and then he was gone soon after and I think I feel like Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts I think are better versions of that like they won't get as exposed as easily but they'll still have similar problems and that's why if we're talking about guys they should get Quan Alexander's one of them Deion Jones is one of them and you know what fans have been harping on this one people have been talking about this in social media a lot I don't dislike the idea of going and trading for an Isaiah Simmons from, from the Cardinals, a former top 10 pick uh, who was there. He did. He didn't get their fifth year extension. A lot of people were talking about chase young and how that would might maybe work for the Steelers. Um, I'm not as high on chase young because I, I feel like they have their edge rusher position figured out for at least the immediate future with TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith and Marcus golden as your guys there. I know some people thinking, Oh, what about defensive line? I think the defensive line is also pretty solid inside linebackers where I would be willing to make a move like that. And it depends on what the Cardinals would want for him, where they want a fourth or a fifth round pick for an Isaiah Simmons. Cause again, this will be a year long rental. And this is where the way I would look at it. The Steelers, if I can get that guy for a fourth or a fifth round pick, this would be a year rental. So at least he'd be the bridge 
for the linebackers at you know as a as an attempted cover man because Isaiah Simmons coming out of Clemson when he came out in the in the draft oh, he yeah. was like that hybrid safety linebacker type that people were hoping could be the next Ryan Shazier and it didn't work out with the Cardinals but maybe it could with the Steelers at least for a temporary setting and if he worked out great then you sign him for a long extension and then you 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 that that that's, that situation's been figured out but. I think that that he would be your best option if you were to pick, you know, one of those guys that I mentioned. Um, and then, but then also, but I think that here's the thing: Deion Jones and Quan Alexander—they're both free and out there in free agency. You don't have to trade any picks for. Um, that might be the more reasonable move there if the Steelers were to take a take a swing at filling linebacker. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like I was really surprised. I thought that Quan Alexander deal was gonna be locked up as soon as he took his visit. I was a little surprised when when nothing came out of that. But those are some good names. Steelers have some options now, and if they want to fill that role, they they have guys who can do that for them. Before we move on to our our next topic, I got a word from our guys over at Manscaped. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your veil your beach bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers' chest hair, and if you grew some winter man tits, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code STEALERS20. Manscaped is helping is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with an essential lawnmower 4.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. The trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut the hair on loose skin and reduce grooming accident thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. You can even trim an arrow pointing to the promised land if you're bold enough. Inside the performance package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. No one likes those nose hairs, in the, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You also get two free gifts, gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you'll need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit as well. Having the right tools for grooming is essential, so do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with that code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com trim your chesticles with the besticles what a way to finish off that ad read i always love that that's the first time i've ever had to do one of those usually noah takes care of those um he does a good job of them but anyway getting back to some steelers football i want to talk a little bit about this impressive rookie class that the steelers have it feels like they added a lot of depth but there are some guys who can also really contribute right away there's some strong candidates uh and I just I'm interested to know or to kind of see later in the year who actually kind of emerges as a real contributor versus who is going to kind of come along later in their career. I think there's some clear, uh, you know, kind of obvious choices to play right away. I think Joey Porter is definitely one of those guys. It seems like he's in line to start right away. But I think after that, it starts to get a little murkier. You know, I think, uh, you know, last week and during OTAs and minicamp, Keanu Benton emerged as one of those guys who who could start right away or at least is going to is going to see some significant snaps playing defense. 
Yeah, I think that there's the defense is is in an area that's going to see you know new guys to it. Uh, you know, and I mean definitely even just the guys that we've talked about, Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb, Patrick Peterson, all new guys that start us there. But as far as rookies, you know, uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton, I think they're in prime positions to take over those spots, especially because where Benton's going to get. I think starting snaps, quote unquote, is being the nose tackle in a three-four set of the Steelers defense. Because the Steelers, Ogunjobi and Hayward will be your traditional three-four defensive ends, but they need a true powerful nose who can stuff the run and maybe sometimes get after the quarterback. But the big key there, if you're in that position, is that you're eating up blockers. Now, the thing else to remember is the Steelers only run three-four defenses like I think like 25 to 30 percent of the time nowadays because so many teams require you offenses you just need to run nickel packages as a base set sometimes so uh he might not so he might not get the quote-unquote start in games be the first guy out on the field um when it comes to that but he'll be if not there he'll be in that second line of defense uh with the second group of defensive linemen if you're doing two down defensive linemen two edge rushers uh two linebackers and then five defensive backs um as far as how that would how that would work in a, in a typical defense. And I think it's him and DeMarvin Leal as that second wave of two down defensive linemen, if they were to go with those types of formations there. But also I think that the, the flexibility is going to be a big question here. You know, uh, Cam Hayward's a guy that lines up all over the defensive line. Uh, when we talked to Carl Dunbar last week, Made it seem like DeMarvin Leal was a guy that's going to line up all across the offense, a defensive line. And he did last year. He even played linebacker. DeMarvin Leal was like, I never did that. Not even at Texas A&M. <laughs> so um, I think they love the flexibility that Leal gives them. I wonder what the flexibility of Benton is going to be. You know, I think they might ask him, hey, line up A gap, B gap. But like you primarily, you line up on the inside and your job is to beat people up. We, we heard so much about how this team is going to be more physical than than their opponents and i think benton fits that role as well now uh, for the cornerback position this could be very tricky because i still don't think the steelers have a bona fide slot cornerback i know they added shannon sullivan and he's he's supposed to add there but we've talked to patrick peterson and he's you know kind of in his like you know he might play some slot cornerback there and if he's playing in the slot that means levi wallace and joey porter are your outside corners and i think joey porter jr is I think he's ready for that role. I, I think he's ready to take to take it on. Um, you know, we've heard really good things about his fundamentals and where he's and how, how he's adjusting to things. His biggest thing, I think, is going to be when he played at Penn State. He was very physical. He's very yeah. hands on. He redirected you at the line of scrimmage. He jammed you so much. But he has to learn where he can where the difference between jamming and holding in the NFL and what's going to count as far as you know breaking breaking the rules, which is something that Mike Tomlin even addressed on the last day of minicamp. So Joey Porter Jr. And uh, Keanu Benton, I do see them getting a lot of playing time early in the year. But the other guy there is a question, Stephen, is when does Broderick Jones kick in as a starter? Because yeah. some people reject him as a starter on day one. Some people still think it's going to be Dan Moore Jr. starting for at least the first four games of the season. And, you know, I think it, it, that would be that'd be an interesting, like a fan duel type of odd situation where. Oh, yeah. Where like you know, which steal if not that you you get these odds at FanDuel, but like if you were to say which Steelers rookie gets the first gets the start first, I would I would want to see the odds as far as like you know Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, and Broderick Jones who gets the first look here. Yeah, well, because I kind of assumed right away as soon as that pick came in that Broderick Jones was going to be your Week One starter, but right. Dan Moore hasn't really done anything to deserve getting bumped from that job yet. Uh, at least I, I don't think so. I think he was really solid last year. He kind of outperformed expectations in a way that I think the offensive line didn't as a whole. 
and they seem really comfortable with bringing Broderick along, Broderick along slowly. Like I think they, they have identified a lot of ways that he needs to improve and they're comfortable saying, take it slow. We'll, we'll do what we need to. We got a, we got a decent starting, a uh, decent starter ahead of you. So we don't need to rush anything, especially for a guy that we still think is kind of raw and, and has some developing to do. Yeah. Uh, one thing about D- Dan Moore Jr. is that, he was, he's done he's done his job. He's been a solid left tackle for a fourth round draft pick who started as a rookie and then was a second year player last year. You got no complaints about that. But your complaint is is front office wise, you got a new guy that you think is a franchise quarterback, Kenny Pickett. You need to get him a right. near offensive line. And Dan Moore Jr., if the Steelers had like if this was the Steelers of 2014 and you had Marquise Pouncey. David DeCastro, Marcus Gilbert as your center, right guard, and right tackle. You could live with Ramon Foster, and uh, and Ramon Foster was good. I mean, that's not to slide, slide on him, but he wasn't an all-pro guy that was there mm. that, that was that was getting awards every year. But you could live with Ramon Foster and Alejandro Villanueva as being solid offensive linemen next to those guys, just like you could have lived with. I think Dan Moore Jr. If he was there, people wouldn't have had as much of a problem with Dan Moore Jr. Because one, Ramon Foster helped keep the left tackle in check a lot of times, but two. The rest of the offensive line was so good that it kind of helped out those guys. And they, they don't, Steelers don't have that right now. I think James Daniels is very solid. I think Chikuma Korfor is solid to his job. Mason Cole is stabilizing at, at, at that position. But I think with Siomala there, they wanted, they wanted to boost the left guard position. Kevin Dotson even said, like, you know, he thought the Steelers were keeping him around it, when they when they signed uh, Nate Herbig. He, he was even told, like, hey, that doesn't impact you as a starter. You're good. But when they signed Siomalo, no one told him that. And then he was just like, oh, that that's definitely my job yeah. uh, as, as, as a starter. And I think Dan Moore Jr. is just in a similar place where Broderick Jones is the future. And he can see that because he's he's that kind of a build. And Broderick Jones might be the pillar. But here's the thing about Dan Moore Jr. is that I've always felt that he was more of a guard slash right tackle than a left okay. tackle because of his ability to get active and physical in the run game. And this might allow him to be more, to be maneuvered to different parts of the line for the future. And that's why, and the Steelers like him. The Steelers don't dislike Dan Moore Jr. They didn't draft Broderick Jones because they think he stunk. They just thought Broderick Jones was one of the best offensive tackles in this draft class. In my book, he was the best offensive tackle in this draft class. So I, I think Broderick Jones comes in and if he still needs some polishing in training camp, because again, all the stuff we saw in mini camp and OTAs, Right, it's like, great for Joey Ford Jr. It's great for all those guys. Lyman, you don't see nothing because he's yeah. hitting. When you start to see it is when the pads go on in training camp and these guys are allowed to hit, and not just the first day, but like the third or fourth, like right when the hit, yeah, when the hits start to wear on you, when you start to pick up some hits, yeah, it, exactly. And when you start to get tired of these guys, because yeah. one thing that you start to see is like Cam Hayward picking at the guys in the offense, like, hey, Najee. Hey, Mason. Like, like he'll do things to pick at people, and this is this is part of I think why Cam Hayward's a great leader is he's trying to p- pull that out of you to pull out the frustrations of like the hitting and everything, and he wants to see how um, he wants to see how like aggressive you're going to be and how you're going to respond in the moment, right? And I think that that's where uh, that's that's where you're going to see Broderick Jones, and he also Keon Benton on that on the other side of the ball, but that's where you're going to see some of these new linemen 
really show themselves as not just the first day, but how do they keep responding to the physical physicality? And if you see Broderick Jones, when they do Friday night lights at, you know, at Steelers training camp, they go to height, the high school Latrobe stadium uh, in front of all the, the fans where it's a little bit more public and everything's out there. And you see him giving up some big pass rushes and getting whooped by like, you know, by guys like that. And he's going to be tested. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, they're going to give them reps against him. And if he's not ready in those moments, that's where Dan Moore Jr. is going to get a start. But if he is able to just make it a marginal difference, like if it's only a slight difference, the Steelers are going to be like, well, we're going with that guy. Dan, be ready to be a swing tackle this year because we're going to put you you in probably a lot of different places. And I think also kind of the later you get into training camp, the more you're just going up against the same guys, the more they're going to learn about you, the more they're going to have film on you. Literally, I think it's – I think it's one thing for a really talented rookie to come in and make some plays right away, but it's when guys kind of know your tendencies and guys learn a little bit about you that you have to start making adjustments, that you have to start adapting, and you have to start kind of completing and rounding out your game. And that's something Broderick Jones is going to have to do. You know, he won't be a secret forever. He won't kind of be be under wraps forever. So it's not just responding to adversity, but responding to, you know, responding to experienced guys who know how to pick on rookies. I think that'll be big for him too. Mm -hmm. I I think also kind of in the same category as Broderick is uh, Nick Herbig, you know, like maybe a little bit of a step down because you've got Cole Holcomb and, and Alandon Roberts, but that's another guy who I could see easily getting a bunch of snaps on defense this year and and being somewhat of an impact player, quite honestly. No. Yeah. uh, Herbig's going to be interested to see where he fits in. I, I just don't know what his role is going to be because he's a guy who I think can be that fourth edge rusher option, but they also, uh, you know, I get the impression they want to maybe move him into some coverage linebacker roles there. So, um, but he, he has the athleticism to play that role. Um, I'd be intrigued to see where he fits in, but like the addition of Marcus golden makes it so that Nick Herbig doesn't have to do things right now. So yeah. I think that that, that, that's going to be something there and Nate Herbig, you know, as well, like, you know, like you're saying that those, the Herbig brothers where they could fit on the offensive line and the defensive front, I think both can be uh solid fits. Uh, for the for the Steelers as far as depth options, and I think that's the big thing. This this Steelers team this year, they've got depth across the board. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the linebacker and slot corner is the one area where you get iffy. But you you look across the offensive line, across the defensive line, edge rusher, cornerback, safety, running back, wide receiver, tight end, even quarterback. They got depth, and that's going to be a big asset to them if they run into some injury problems this year. I think that's a little bit of a hot take. They have some depth at court. I mean, they've got guys there, but I don't. You think Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph count as depth? Yeah, absolutely. When because think think of it this way, they're not. Mitch Trubisky is a poor man's starter. Like when the Steelers got him last year, is because they lost yeah. Ben Roethlisberger and they weren't getting like Derek Carr or someone like that. But compare him to every other. Name me a a, a backup quarterback that you would like. How many quarterback backup quarterbacks can you count in the NFL right now that you would say are definitively better than Mitch Trubisky right now? Well, okay, I don't know every backup quarterback in the league, but I feel like uh, that that that's a fair point. Like there aren't that many that I would definitely take over Mitch. And Mitch, I think, is capable of being a game manager and keeping your head above water. While this defense, who I think is this defense that I think is going to be really good. He's a, he would also have some better playmakers this year. So I could definitely see that just, you know, watching, watching Mitch last year, it's hard to, uh, I don't know. I guess we, we do kind of have this framed as Mitch was a starter when he arrived in Pittsburgh. So we kind of right. have that expectation for him when maybe he was thrust into a backup, role. That he as right. a backup, that's fine. But like, look, I'll name some, some backup quarterbacks here that just looking down over the cap.com and their listing of quarterbacks, uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, Along the lines, right? Yeah. 
Taylor Heineke, Jarrett Stidham, uh, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Drew Locke, uh, Jameis Winston, um, Gardner Minshew, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum. That's who we're talking about here. And if yeah. if Mitch, I think Mitch Trubisky, yeah, if it was starting quarterbacks, he's in like the 20s and maybe even the 30s as far as where, where you expect him to finish there. But backup quarterbacks, I put him in the top five or 10 backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And if Mason Rudolph is your, is your third option, like if we're going even further down the list right. to all the third, I think Mason Rudolph is one of the better third quarterbacks that you could have in the NFL right, right. now. So that's what I'm saying. It's not like, oh, Kenny Pickett's out. It's the same thing. It's not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying as far as backup quarterback situations, you don't have, hold on, I'm just going to scroll down a whip. A little bit here. You don't have Kyle Trask as your, as your, yeah, dude, Kyle Trask might, Kyle, Kyle Trask could start. Yeah, like he might, the, he might the Bucks yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a good thing, but <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's my point. Like the Bucks are yeah. in some kind of bad spot, but mm-hmm. But yes, I think you're right. The Steelers do have plenty of depth. They'll make it hard for some of these rookies to get in, but there's certainly there's certainly an outside chance for for a few of them, and I think we'll definitely see more than a few on the field this year. With that, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate you all tuning into this episode of All Steelers Talk. Thank to thank you to Chris Carter for joining me for this episode. Check out all his work on Locked On Steelers and at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Make sure you to subscribe to us on YouTube, click that like button, and uh, check out all of our Steelers coverage on allsteelers.com. That will get out of here. Thank you all for listening. Peace. <laughs>